Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to Super Bowl edition of the Full Slate Sunday Scaries pod. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, Super Bowl week is finally here. Super Bowl week is here. The 49ers are back in it, so that's great. And, you know, we have to thank Kevin Jones a lot because since we've joined Blue Wire, the 49ers uh, have been good. So see a direct correlation there. Yes, thank you, boss. Thank you, Kevin. Um it's it's been one hell of a season for us as 49ers fans and kind of combining the fact that one the 49ers are in the Super Bowl with the fact that the Super Bowl is just the all-time spectacle for gamblers uh for anyone that listens to this podcast definitely agrees with that but just going through the props Tyler is like an 
otherworldly experience on our specific book, which we won't say where that is. Uh, all the stuff is not quite up yet, but just like kind of hodgepodging all the different player props and looking around, I feel like I'm in like a steam room, just like sweating. Like I don't, I don't even know where to start here. It, it is very overwhelming. Just all the different stuff. I mean, you have your typical prop bets for, you know, rushing, receiving, passing yards. Then the Super Bowl, you know, has over thousands of prop bets with commercials, the Gatorade, heads or tails, the national anthem, the halftime show. So it's overwhelming, but it's so fun. I would say, would you say this is better to bet on or like the opening weekend of March Madness? Mm, it's, uh, I think for the singular betting experience like for a three-hour time period nothing beats uh the super bowl just because what you're saying there's so many different angles to this if you're watching at a super bowl party or at a bar and there are people just cheering about random things everyone has like this some some kind of bet some kind of action on over three and a half field goals or uh over seven and a half punts so no matter what's happening, someone has action on that specific play, and that's what's so special. And even some of these sports books are are trolling us and uh, Kyle Shanahan a little bit. I saw Points Bet has um, a prop on the if uh, the 49ers are to blow a 28 to three lead, similar to what happened when Shanahan was offensive coordinator of the Falcons. There's 101 odds on that. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But even things along the line of like. Uh, J-Lo and Demi Lovato showing cleavage during the national anthem and halftime show. There's just like truly anything you want, uh, you, you can have it on Sunday. Yeah, that Shanahan one is messed up. Uh, like you said, at a Super Bowl party, everyone is involved, you know, whether you're a diehard fan or very casual. If it's a prop pool or a box, boxes or squares, everyone gets involved. And I agree. I think one single event, the Super Bowl is the best event. And then I would say March Madness and Day Baseball, I feel like, is very underrated and fun to, to bet on. Um, but, yeah, it's it's all over the place. I was overwhelmed looking at it this morning, trying to put together a list of stuff that I thought were good bets. But I think, I think I've narrowed it down to some good selections. Yes. Yes, as, as have I. And uh, in, just to give the listeners a heads up, we often joke about dealing with time zone differences. This is the biggest time zone difference we've had to deal with yet, Tyler. So normally you are so brave in being an hour behind me in Chicago. I'm in Israel right now. So I think, what time is it there? I think you're eight hours behind me. Yeah, it's one twenty-four p.m. Okay. Chicago time. Mm-hmm. Right. So we are international podcast thank you skype but uh the audio is holding up decently well but uh we're we're gonna try and make this work as well as we can um tyler should we tell the listeners about the time you went to europe (laughs) i did go to europe but you know you're (laughs) you're in israel right now so do you have any good uh bets for any action out there uh, I am going to the Maccabee Tel Aviv game tomorrow. I'll tweet out what I take uh, when I go to that one. They're they're the favorite, and we were talking about it. Just looking at their roster, they've got Amari Stoudemire, Omri Caspi, uh, Tarek Black, former Laker great Nate Walters, uh, college basketball legends. So a lot of a lot of random guys out here uh, that will be exciting to see. Um, but Tyler, I do have one note on Israel. I was walking around Tel Aviv earlier. And I do, I do want to tell you this. There's uh, what's called a wishing bridge. 
and they have like all the different uh basically like zodiac signs and it says if you just if you close your eyes you look out towards the sea and you uh put your hand on your zodiac sign your wish will come true um you may have an idea of what what i wish for we won't say it but uh, that's a perfect segue to start talking about this game. Um, 49ers taking on the Chiefs in Miami. Uh, the Chiefs are one and a half point favorites in this one. The over-under opened at 51, 51 and a half. It's all, all the way up to 54 and a half. Chiefs are getting 55% of the money. 89% of the money is on the over. So everyone and their friend thinks this is going to be a shootout. Tyler, the Chiefs are on a roll. They've won eight straight by an average margin of 16 points. 49ers... Obviously, it's been kind of an insane last five games for them. Uh, they've taken care of business in both their playoff games. I'll let you get started here. Just kind of where's your head at with all this? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually feeling pretty good about it. I mean, this is not a crazy statement. This will be the toughest game of the year going up against the Chiefs. They played last year. The Chiefs blew them out. That was the game. Garoppolo got hurt. That was our first Sunday Scaries pod. After Jimmy G towards ACL, so it was a lot of uh, – sadness that time but I think the 49ers match up well and I do think this game will get into a shootout as the total has gone up I agree that I think it's going to get into a shootout similar to the 49ers Saints game uh, when the Chiefs played the Rams last year I don't know if it'll get up to those type of totals but I do think it'll be high scoring the Chiefs speed on offense is what concerns me uh, for the 49ers I mean 49ers had the best passing defense in the league this year but between Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Hardman, Kelsey, there's just so many guys you have to keep track of that, you know, you could bottle them down for a quarter or so, but after a while, they're going to have an explosion as we've seen in their playoff games. So I'm a little nervous and I'll be honest. Um, I got triggered by Skip Bayless, uh, a tweet I saw preparing oh, for the no. podcast. Oh, it was, no. it was an, it's an article from NBC sports Bay area, which is like the 49ers, uh, site so you know it's a legitimate uh, newspaper or whatever and they said Tom Brady replacing Jimmy G if they lose and I'm like what why would they write that I clicked on the article and there's Skip Bayless saying on his show that the 49ers <laughs> lose the Super Bowl that they should replace Garoppolo with Tom Brady so that already got me triggered I feel like the past week or so and leading up to the game I'm going to be seeing a lot of people on Twitter dumping on Jimmy G but I told our dad I'm just collecting receipts um he plays well and they win. I am unloading on Twitter. <laughs> I uh, I think, I mean, I spoke about it on, on our last podcast after 49ers win, which I think was the Sunday Scaries. Um, I'm, I'm ready for Jimmy G to, to ball out here. And I think Twitter is listening, like my like history, because I have a, in the last week or so, every time I go on Twitter, there are three or four different, like, 49er beat reporter tweets that are essentially like the Jimmy uh, Jimmy G army. Um, here's a couple points. So Jimmy G has four fourth quarter comebacks in 2019. That's the most in the NFL. He has the best pass rating in the NFL when playing from behind. And he's led three comebacks from 10 points or more in 2019. Um, Tyler, yeah, there are a lot of stats pro Jimmy G. I think let's try and keep this as balanced as we possibly can. Not sure that's going to be all that reasonable but in in addition to what you mentioned about the speed there are a few other things that uh scare me about this Chiefs team Andy Reid after a bye has been insane in his career he's 23 and 4 straight up 
18 and nine uh, against the spread all time. Um, obviously a bit of an offensive wizard. Uh, this Chiefs team has done a great job of taking care of the ball um, throughout the course of the season. And their defense is kind of peaking at the right time. Uh, we spoke about it towards down the stretch run. They were kind of beating up on bad teams, but the defense was actually playing well, which was the total opposite of earlier in the year. Um, and on third down, which I think is going to kind of be the key to this game, um, the last two games or two playoff games, they've held the Texans and Titans to eight for 25 on third down. Um, and quite frankly, their pass rush is, is one of their strong suits. So 49ers are going to have to be able to protect Garoppolo if, if they're actually going to be successful in this game. Yeah, and some other trends. The Chiefs are 5-0 and against the spread their last five versus the 49ers. They're 7-0 and against the spread their last seven as a favorite, and they've been rolling. Like you said, they've won eight in a row. They've covered all eight of those games, so they've been on fire. And like we said, this has felt kind of like maybe Mahomes' moment last year. Kind of gets robbed of it. D Ford, who's now in the 49ers, lining up offsides. You know, if he just lines up correctly, they win that game. They go to the Super Bowl. I think they probably would have beaten the Rams. So I feel like the Chiefs probably feel like they should already have a ring. Um, you know, the Patriots lose before they have to play them. The Ravens go down before they have to play them. They get they don't have to leave Arrowhead. It feels like everything is lining up for the Chiefs, for Mahomes, and for Andy Reid. He's been around forever. And it kind of reminds me, I mean, this is a different sport and a player, but, you know, Dirk Nowitzki, who was around in the NBA for so long, never really had playoff success. And everyone knew he was a great player, going to be a Hall of Famer. But until he won that title, he didn't get that validation. feels like Andy Reid's the same, because I would say he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's had such great success um, over his career. And getting a Super Bowl ring, I think, gives him that extra validation that he is one of the greatest coaches of all time. So it feels like everything has been kind of lining up for the Chiefs to find over the hump here. I think that's a good point on on the Dirk Nowitzki uh, comparison there with Andy Reid. Um, at the end of the day, he still does stuff that sc- makes you scratch your head. I think Mahomes kind of bailed him out of a situation at the end of the first half of the AFC Championship game where he just ends up running for that touchdown. But the Chiefs still had two timeouts at that point, and they were running the clock dangerously low. Uh, so as a 49ers fan, holding out hope that he has a brain fart in terms of his clock management, which has kind of been his MO. But over the course of his uh, coaching career, he does get much maligned for that kind of stuff. But he is, it does feel like he's been underrated. He's for years put together great teams in Philly and KC. They just haven't been able to get over the hump. So hopefully that remains the case. But the thing that makes me most nervous here is obviously Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the NFL. Um, since he's got back, it took him like a little bit of time to really fully get humming again, it felt like. But the last two games in, in the playoffs, he's been absurd. He's nine touchdowns, no interceptions. He's averaging 53 yards rushing a game, which Tyler Niners have had issues this year uh, when it comes to mobile quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, we know. Um, Lamar Jackson had like a, he had like a nice game versus 49ers, but. The thing is, even when the 49ers played the Rams uh, in week 16, when they were able to kind of roll Goff out, uh, as we talked about Kevin, it gave the 49ers issues. So Mahomes' ability right now to create either through the air with his feet, I think, is going to be a bit of an issue. Um, ultimately, I think the Niners have to, if they're going to win this game, 
it's going to start with that pass defense. Uh, over the last three games, they've averaged three sacks a game. Um, the Chiefs basically the strength for strength. 49ers pass D versus, or uh, yeah, versus the Chiefs passing offense. They only allow 1.6 sacks a game on Mahomes, which is the third best mark in the NFL. And for whatever reason, this uh, three sack number is pretty big for the 49ers. They're 11 and one straight up uh, when they've gotten three or more sacks, eight, three and one against the spread in those situations. They have all the toys in the in the closet ready to be thrown out. Basically, Tevin Coleman seems like he's going to be able to play. Everyone's healthy on both sides, which is awesome to see. Um, Tyler, I mean, it's it's ultimately going to have to come down to our guy Jimmy G. Um, I think he's he's the Niners are eight and one straight up when he throws for 248 yards or more. What's your what's your confidence level at like here um, for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think you know the point you mentioned with the mobile quarterbacks is true. Even Kyler Murray on the Cardinals really gave them fits, especially in the second game. So when quarterbacks are just doing the standard three, five-step drop back, the 49ers' defense has feasted. We saw last week with Rodgers and Cousins in the second round, but Mahomes just makes so many crazy plays off script. And you know what's going to happen. You know, there's going to be one play that feels like a backbreaker. It's coming, but to just get off the field on third downs, maybe get a turnover early, get the momentum going, that's really what the defense needs to do. The Chiefs, in their two playoff games, have been outscored 31-7 to in the first quarter. They can't afford to do that versus the 49ers because they're obviously a better team than the Texans or the Titans. But I think getting off to a fast start and getting the defense confidence early, if it's a turnover or a big sack, that'll be big. But as far as my confidence with Garoppolo, I'm very confident in him. He hasn't done anything in the two playoff games, but I think that's just because how the game has played out with their run game being so dominant, their defense cooking that they didn't need him to throw the ball 40 times, but we've seen it this year when they've needed to lean on him. He's came through, and Cowherd, who's my guy, I'm starting to convert you, he said it on the show. He's like, they, they had a ton of injuries this year. You know, Joe Stale went out, McGlinchey, their right tackle went out. I think their left guard is their only uh, offensive lineman who hasn't missed a game this year, so he's had a lot of injuries. Kittle was banged up, Sanders, they had a lot of young receivers to start the year, so there's been points when he's had to carry them. The Saints game, the second Rams game, they weren't running great in the second half, and he got them started. The two Cardinals games were weaker teams, but they're still division games that are tough for any team. Um, so he, you know, he has carried them when they've asked him in the Seattle game, Week 17. He played great. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he was really sharp in that game. So I'm confident in him. 49ers are 5-0 and against the spread this year as an underdog. Jimmy G with the 49ers. It's eight and two against the spread, seven and three straight up as an underdog. They've averaged twenty eight and a half points per game. So he's gonna have to play better than he has in the two playoff games so far. But I have confidence and the Chiefs defense has been playing better, but I don't know. I think Shanahan with an extra week to prepare is gonna be really dialed in. I think they're gonna try to get him going early because if you remember in the Saints game, people are saying and I think we were talking about it leading up to the game. They would have to run the ball, control clock, keep Breeze off the field. And their first drive, they came out and threw the ball right down the field, and that was kind of their game plan the whole time, and Garoppolo carved them up. So I could see something similar happening here. I think Kittle is going to have a big game. The Chiefs struggle against tight ends. Mm-hmm. They're bottom five in the league against tight ends with receptions and yards per game allowed. So I think Kittle, he's been blocking great. Um, he hasn't been mad about it. Most guys would be pretty frustrated, but – I think he'll have a huge receiving game, and 
him versus Kelsey is a great storyline. The two best tight ends. I'm biased, but I, mean, I think Kittle is much better overall player. But that'll be a great storyline. So, yeah, I feel super confident in him. And a random Super Bowl stat, you want to hear it? Yeah, I I have a outside feeling. I know what you're about to say, but let's, let's see what it is. So, so B- Bill Vinovich is refereeing this game. He's heading mm-hmm. the officiating crew. Mm-hmm. Since 2012, favorites are 3-7 and seven straight up and 2-8 and eight against the spread in playoff games he's refed them. Pretty favorable. And also, 49ers are wearing white uniforms. Chiefs wearing red. The team wearing the white uniform is 13-2 and two the last 15 years in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. good trends for the 49ers there. Yeah, that we uh we use some of the same research materials to prep for the pod. That that was one I had started as well uh, regarding Vinovich. Um, yeah, I I, th- I really do think Jimmy G is going to be able to move the ball, and the fact that it's been so focused on the run game, almost 90 rushing attempts through the first through their two playoff games. Shanahan is such a wizard um, with his offensive play calling. It feels like he still has a war chest of kind of fun plays to trot out there. Um, that we haven't seen yet. So I, I really do have a lot of faith in him having an extra week. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Niners rushing offense, averaging about 200 yards a game their last three. It, I mean, we're both taking the 49ers here. Let's not waste anyone's time. And I think we're probably both on what the Niners and the over. Yeah, I think the over is safe. Play. Like I said, I think it's going to be a shootout. I mean, there's a scenario if, if you, we are leaning 49ers and other people are where you think, hey, if this run game keeps going, they're just going to play the way they've done in the first two playoff games where they chew a lot of clock, um, keep the other team off the field, and it's a lower scoring game, which can happen. But I just think the Chiefs are way too explosive. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. And I was talking to someone, and I, and I said, if the Chiefs scored, if you told me going into this game, the Chiefs were going to score 24 points, I feel pretty confident the 49ers win the game because I think it's going to be a shootout, but let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a little snake draft on our favorite prop bets and then give out a Super Bowl MVP pick. All right, Cody. Now let's move on to our snake draft for prop bets. Like we said, this is a gambler's dream. So many options. We did this last year, and for last year being the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time, I actually did pretty well with the props. So kudos to me. Felt like everyone last year kind of got destroyed considering all the overs people were taking and nothing really came to fruition. So we're going to do a snake draft, three picks each. Who, who should get started here? Tyler, you know what? I think given that uh, you won the lock of the week crown during the regular season um, and I'm up in the postseason, I have one win, you have zero. Um, I'll, I'll let you start. I'll let you choose if you want to go first or if you want the wrap and you want two in a row. I'll be courteous. I'll, I'll go first. I really like my uh, number one pick, so I'm going to go first. And like we said, there's a lot of obscure props out there about just random, random stuff. So I'm going with one of those as my first one. Um, we kind of got these both off of Odd Shark and my bookie, so it's a mishmash of props you can find out there. So my first one is, will Joe Buck or Troy Aikman say Patriots during the minus 120. I think that's the easiest bet of all time. The Patriots are going to be brought up in many facets. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. The last time Fox had the Super Bowl was the Patriots-Falcons game. Kyle Shanahan, obviously offensive coordinator in that game versus the Patriots. Jimmy G, 
was on the Patriots. The Chiefs, Andy Reid, have their history with the Patriots. Uh, Reid, first Super Bowl, he lost versus the Patriots when he was with the Eagles. They lost last year to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. There's no way the Patriots are not mentioned in this game. So minus 120 is such a steal. So that's my first pick. I think that is the easiest bet of all time. Wow. Um, I love that. I didn't. I did not see that one. Um, so good job by you, Tyler. I mean, there's no world in which they don't mention last year's defend last year's Super Bowl champions, New England Patriots. Like at some point, that word is being said. And they've also been in what previous to this year, the last like three Super Bowls. We'll mention Brady, obviously, because the AFC it's only been like Brady, Manning, and Roethlisberger in the Super Bowl, and then Flacco one year. For yeah. like the last like twenty years, so they'll mention they'll, that with Mahomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're definitely going to mention the twenty-eight to three Falcons collapse versus the Pats. So that that uh, is going to be a that'll be a talking point, maybe midway through the second quarter. And Jimmy G's got two rings with the Pats. Yep. Okay, Tyler. I'm gonna. That's going to be a good one. I I like that. Good job by you. Um, I am going. So I'm going to go with two Chiefs-related props here on the wrap. Um, one over, one under. The over I'm going with is uh, Damian Williams over 51.5 rush yards. Uh, this is minus 115. Uh, Damian Williams has quietly like become the dominant back in the Chiefs' backfield for mo- most of the season. It kind of was bopping around. It feels like Damian Williams was an early fantasy football draft Uh a uh, football player drafted, um, and then LaShawn McCoy was in the mix. Damian Williams got hurt, but he's come on really strong uh, down the stretch here. Over the past two games, he's taken 91% of the snaps um, and had 29 of the 30 carries for that backfield. Um, and in in his 10 games where he's had at least 60% of the snaps, he's had a uh, median of 63 rushing yards a game. 51.5 is pretty low. 49ers do have a, a pretty good run defense. Um, but I see a world where Andy Reid is, is going to want a little bit of balance. That's not his track record. But they've been giving Damian Williams the ball a good amount. 52 rushing yards out of a running back is not asking for a whole ton, if, even if he gets 12 to 15 carries um, if the 49ers come out hot. Um, there, there's a world where maybe they, they go, uh, they try and keep Jimmy G on the sideline, or there's also a world where Mahomes is lighting it up and they're trying to kill a little clock and running the ball. So I, I like this one, Damian Williams over 51 and a half thoughts on this one before I move to my second pick. Yeah, I mean, I think the volume with him will definitely be there. McCoy's been phased out, like you said, and he's getting the share of the carries. If it gets into a shootout, and like you said, Andy Reid just has a history of just kind of going away from the run. So that would be the only thing that makes me nervous. But I think the 49ers will be so sold out on containing the Chiefs' uh, passing game, keeping Mahomes bottled up that maybe they'll give up a little more on the ground. So I don't think it's bad. He'll definitely have the carries. It's just a matter of if the 49ers run defense. Yeah, it's a matter of if he gets it. Yeah. Okay, so that's one. Now on the wrap, I'm taking an under. I'm going uh, Sammy Watkins under three and a half receptions. Plays out plus 110, so I like the value there. This line is, all of his stats are inflated. 
um, going into this week. Last week, he's targeted 10 times. He had seven receptions for 114 yards. Sammy Watkins is probably historically uh, the world's most inconsistent football player in terms of talent to consistent output. Um, And just kind of looking at his game logs from the season, it's pretty rare that he actually goes over the uh, three and a half reception marker. The under on this bet would have hit five times out of the last seven games. The Chiefs really spread the ball out a lot. Um, And the way the 49ers play defense, like Richard Sherman typically will just stay on one side of the field. Um, So I think Tyree Kills is going to be able to have an okay game. Um, And they just spread the ball around. And to have plus 110 on the Sammy Watkins under, just given his track record, um, I'm going to take that if it pays out plus money. Yeah, I think the plus money is really good value because, like you said, he had a great game last or yeah last week, but there's a great chance he just doesn't catch a pass in this game. And the way their offense works with all those guys, it could be you know Hardman didn't do anything really versus the Titans, but he could have a huge game. You know, it's just a matter of they have so many weapons, and it's just you never know who you're gonna what you're gonna get with them. So I think it's definitely good value with plus money. Cool. Um, okay, so your second and third pick here on the wrap. Who are you going with? So my next one I like is total touchdowns scored in the game over six is plus 110. So these are the second and third highest scoring teams in the league. 49ers average 30 points a game. Chiefs a little under 30 at 29. In the Chiefs' two playoff games so far, they did the divisional round game against the Texans. There were 11 combined touchdowns. Last week versus Tennessee, there were eight. And as I said, I think this game is going to get into a shootout. And the Chiefs, their last three games in the red zone, have been converting touchdowns at 83%. So they're absolutely humming. And for the 49ers, they're going to have to keep up with the Chiefs. Um, you can't set, In this game like this, the Chiefs can't afford to settle for field goals. Neither can the 49ers. So I think Reed and Shanahan are both going to have a lot of really good short yardage plays designed. And also you know, building off of the scoring number, 49ers and Chiefs average the second and third most touchdowns per game and combining for seven. So I think this is going to be a shootout. Um, and like I said, if it, you know, seven touchdowns, total score of 49 points. It doesn't seem insane for it to get there. So I like the value of plus 110 and just the track record of these two teams offensively, I think is going to turn into a shootout. Yeah, I think... If that hits you over, um, I think everyone is a winner in terms of watching this game. It's high. seven. It's, it's a lot. Um, but I don't know. The Chiefs reds on defense not great. 49ers have been pretty solid. But Patrick, it's just the way Mahomes is playing. It's another level. Um, so I'm almost a little surprised it plays out plus money. But I guess it is such a high number. Um, so I I mean, if if that's the case... It might not spell great news for the 49ers, but, hey, they they went into New Orleans and, and held their own there, so you never know. Um, what's uh, what's your next one? Yeah, my next one, I'm deciding between two, but I'll go with I'll go with the 49ers one. So this bet is 49ers to score a touchdown in the third quarter, minus 115, yes. So 49ers have been one of the best second-half teams scoring-wise in the NFL, third highest this year in scoring in the second half. Also, they're the second highest third quarter 
quarter scoring team in the NFL this year. So they come out of halftime hot. Usually feels like how teams script plays to start the games. Uh, Shanahan always scripts a good drive to open the third quarter as well. So I see that playing out. Also, just thinking about previous Super Bowls, it always feels like the first half. Um, it's always a little sluggish. Guys might have jitters and the scoring doesn't pick up. But going to the second half, the third quarter, they come out of halftime firing and offenses will really get going. So I like that bet for them to score a touchdown at a minus 115 in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I, I very much agree with that. I feel like the last few Super Bowls have done well betting on like first quarter unders, first half unders. Um, for all the reasons you said, it seems like, I mean, essentially the third quarter is the game restarting they have it's such a long halftime uh so these coaches have a ton of time to make adjustments seems like the offense normally does get going um i'm gonna go with with my last prop here um so i'll do my last one tyler and then let's give out like our our kind of honorary fourth uh runner up that was in the top three i'm go i'm going with an anytime uh touchdown score prop so you can bet on uh, just kind of odds of the guy that's going to score a touchdown at any point in the game. Um, I love uh, 49ers fullback slash uh, kind of jack of all trades, Kyle Juszczyk. It's plus 550. Um, this is a guy that has really not been targeted the last two games at all. Um, but it seems like in big games, Shanahan dials him up. Um, he had three targets in the Saints game. He had a 49-yard catch in the game versus Seattle on like a wheel route. Um, he's he's caught the ball seven times on seven red zone targets this season. And Tyler, last year in their week three matchup versus the Chiefs, Yushchek uh, scored a touchdown in that game. Plus 550 is a lot of value. When Shanahan's really like firing on all cylinders and like pulling all the tricks out of the bag, feels like there's always one play to use check. They don't necessarily always connect on it. It worked in the Seattle game. He had the 50 yard catch. He was a focal point um, of the offense, uh, like one of the focal points in in the New Orleans game. And he's been like extremely, extremely quiet during the postseason, given the run focus. Um, but this feels like a game that use checks going to get some looks uh, as ways to just kind of mitigate this chief's pass rush. Uh, it seems like they kind of do those screen plays with Kittle, but also use going to be, he's going to have a look at some point in this game. Will he score a touchdown? Who the fuck knows? But like plus five fifty, um, I, I like that a lot. Wow, that, that was that was great research by you. When you first said it, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But they give some good numbers. Um, obviously, scored last year versus the Chiefs. And I do agree that in these games where it gets higher scoring, it always feels like Shannon has a couple plays for him to design to get the ball. But my one worry is, as our dad says, he's he's pretty slow once he gets the ball, and it feels like. A lot of times this year he's been tripped up in the red zone when it looks like he could score and just isn't fast enough to break away. So that would be my one worry. But, I mean, yeah, it's a longer shot type bet. And it's if it, hits, if it pays off, it's really fun to have that. So I might sprinkle a little bit on it. I did not see that coming as your third pick. But you like as, my honor, yeah, as my honorary pick, um, first Oh, pick wait, off, wait, wait, Tyler. Um let me actually go ahead. I was going to say we could continue to snake, but I'll give you first pick on the honorary. Okay. First, first, kick, first <laughs> kickoff, not to be a touchback plus plus one seventy five. Um, I just think that's great value. And 
you'll know quickly if you win or lose. So that's always good. Uh, and the Chiefs had the lowest touch the back percentage yeah. in the NFL. Uh, so their kicker kicks okay. it short, return it a lot on them. So plus one seventy five, I like it, and you'll know quickly if you win or lose. Okay, that's a, that's a good uh, point on the Chiefs. I feel like Richie James is pretty quick for the touchback. So if the Chiefs get the ball first, I mean, all the excitement. That guy's gonna want to run it out. Um, yeah, it's not a bad one. It's a sprinkle on post uh, coin coin flip and national anthem. Uh, my fourth. Uh, kind of honorary pick here. Emmanuel Sanders over 16 and a half for longest reception. Um, last two games, again, it hasn't the passing game just hasn't been a factor at all. But this bet would have hit. It pays out uh, minus 125. Um, you only need one catch here. This would have hit versus uh, Minnesota, their last game versus the Rams, the Saints game, and the Ravens game. So these are... Uh, some of their biggest matchups, obviously. You literally only need one catch. Manuel Sanders, veteran, has won a Super Bowl before. Uh, in like on third down plays, third down and long, Sanders has had some big catches this year. Um, I could see. I mean, you literally just need one catch for 17 yards. I, I like that with Sanders. I think he's going to get a few looks this game. Yeah, I see this game him being involved a lot and that was one of the props i was looking at not the longest reception but just him over 44 and a half yards this game goes as we're discussing where it gets into a shootout and it's more passing heavy i think he's going to have a big impact so those are our props and i guess quickly um before we move on coin toss head or tails i look the last 11 years heads six times tails five but tails has been five of the last six so where, where are you leaning yeah, I mean, when it comes to a 50-50 thing like that, recent trends definitely come into play. Uh, I mean, I guess you got to go tails, right? I'm going to go heads. I think heads is just due. Heads okay. won in a while. But yeah, for, um, but for sure. On. For sure. <laughs> let's move on. It's like, it's like roulette. You just walk by, you see it's been black for a while, you put on red and it's still black and you feel like an idiot. But let's also, move on. <laughs> real quick, Tyler, before we move on, Demi Lovato over under two minutes national anthem. Thoughts? Uh, I saw a couple stats. She sang like a few World Series games a while back. I, I, two minutes is high. I think under. So she sang at the Royals Mets World Series game 2015, <laughs> a minute 58 seconds. She most recently on like a notable stage saying at the Mayweather McGregor fight in 2017, I say 20, I've said 2017 four times. Uh, that one was two minutes and I believe I can't read my hand ring 12 seconds. Uh, so she smashed the over there. The end of the day, the over is just more fun to bet on, but it's minus, I think it's minus 220 right now. So I think I'm with you Just take the under that is insanely high. Uh, most of the recent ones have been under two minutes, um, but okay, sorry, let's move on. Uh, real quick, let's do uh, first touchdown props. Um, let me pull up the odds here. And we really are pulling out all the resources here. I feel like uh, this is just okay. Um, so the favorites for first touchdown, Damian Williams, Damian Williams and Mostert are both six to one. Kelsey's eight to one. Kittle and Tyree Kill ten to one, and then it kind of goes from there. Tyler, go ahead. Who's your Who's your bet here? So I, I put two down because I think it just makes sense to put one from each team. And, you know, the way the odds work, you're going to, if if either of them scored first, you win. win so on. my first, yeah, 
my first touchdown for the Chiefs. I said Mahomes at plus 2,500. He's led the Chiefs in rushing in the playoffs, and he's been super dangerous outside the pocket. He scored that awesome touchdown versus the Titans last week. And like we said, the 49ers have struggled against mobile quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Lamar, Kyler Murray. So they've struggled in that scenario, and he's scored a rushing touchdown in two of his last four games, Mahomes. So I don't know. I think at plus 2,500, if they get down close to the red zone, I could see them doing something to get him on the move. And he's so good at making plays out of nothing. It doesn't, they don't really design runs for him, but if the coverage is good and it breaks down, he's more than capable of running if so. I think plus 2,500 is good value. And then for the 49ers, Kendrick Bourne plus 2,000. I hit this bet versus the Vikings. He scored the first touchdown. He scored the first touchdown in their game versus the Saints in uh, was a week 14. And like we said, I think the 49ers are going to come out a little more pass-heavy to get Garoppolo going early and just catch the Chiefs off guard the way they've been running it. And then when it comes to the 49ers passing game, Sanders, Kittle, Debo obviously get a lot of more coverage and more attention. Kendrick Bourne's been their third receiver, and he's been really solid. He's a bigger receiver, so in the red zone, you know, they could throw up a jump ball to him or a slant where he just uses his body. So I like that. And also the Athletic posted an article right before we started that him and Jerry Rice have really developed a bond. So I love that. And all 12 catches Kendrick Bourne's had on third down in the regular season resulted in either a first down or a touchdown. So to get the third down, Kendrick Bourne's on the field. I feel pretty good. So those are kind of my two picks. I think as far as the value goes, it's good. And they're somewhat likely, you know, it's played out that they've scored those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne has been a nice story. Kind of the Monday Night Football, the excruciating loss to Seattle. He had some bad drops in that one, uh, but he's really bounced back and become a pretty solid receiver. Um, I gave out the check anytime score. If if you're interested in taking that, you might as well like sprinkle a little on first touchdown as well. He's 33 to one for all the same reasons I said anytime. If you're gonna do anytime plus 550, you might as well put. I don't know, a tiny bit on that, just a taste. Um, another another, for, another 49er that I'm interested in, you bet on it in the Packers game, and it almost happened, Debo, 12-1. to 1. They use this guy the second half of the year all over the place on reverses. You're guaranteed to get at least one. He runs like a running back and is not afraid of contact at all. Uh, he scored touchdowns the last two regular season games. Uh, he's been their most targeted receiver pretty much in the playoffs. Uh, so at 12 to one, I think there's good value there on the chief side. I, I do like what he said about Mahomes um, for first score, but this is chalk, but I, I like Damian Williams six to one. He's going to get touches if they get the ball down into the red zone. Again, the 49ers pass defense is better than the run defense could catch. like everyone's game planning from home. So does he get in at six to one? I know it's favorite, but like that's, that's one as well. Um, that's my chiefs one. So first touchdown and then let's, uh, let's wrap it up with, Super Bowl game MVP Tyler since 2000 quarterbacks have won 12 MVPs Edelman won last year which I believe didn't you say you liked it but you didn't end up taking it or did I make that up no you're right I I said that was a really good bet I gave all the stats I did went on some of his receiving props but I didn't actually put in the bet for him to win Super Bowl MVP so that really hurt it was 11 to 1 but I feel good about my picks this year 
Yeah, as do I. Real quick, the the favorites. We're going off bet online here. Some of these lines I think are a little bit higher than what I'm seeing in other places, but here we are. Mahomes plus one twenty five. Jimmy G's three to one. Moster plus five fifty. Kittle ten to one. And then from there it drops off. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here. Um it's going to come as a surprise to absolutely no one. I love Jimmy G, 3-1. to one. Um, We've we've beat that horse uh, to a pulp at this point. No why. Long shots I'm interested in um, on the 49ers side. Debo, in a world where, say, the 49ers do a better job than everyone's expecting in terms of keeping the Chiefs down, this happens to be a lower score game. And maybe the 49ers are looking at, uh, say, a 27-21 win, and Debo has maybe a long reverse touchdown uh, over, say, 150 total yards, 180 total yards, a couple touchdowns. Is he a world where he can win? So a 33-1, I think he's explosive. And if the Chiefs win, I mean, obviously it's kind of probably going to be Mahomes, but at that point, I think you just take the Chiefs' money line. Um, just because you never know what's going to happen. The long shot on the Chiefs side I like is Tyreek Hill at 18 to one. The guy's just a big plate machine. Um, so if you're if you're leaning that way and maybe you're on Chiefs money line and then you just want to sprinkle on uh, Chiefs long shot, I think he's your guy at 18 to one. Yeah, I had Tyreek Hill down as well. I think he's capable of making huge plays, and I mean it's hard for him to win without Mahomes winning, but if it, it just goes the opposite way where the Chiefs defense limits the 49ers and they win kind of a slosh game and Hill puts up some big numbers, like we saw with Edelman last year, I think it's worth it. And he doesn't always go back for punt and kick returns, but he does sometimes. So I don't know if they put him back there and he had a big return. It's possible. And I do like the Debo one at 33 to 1 because he's not just receiving, they love using him in these reverses and jet sweeps. So that's other value he can get. Guy in the 49ers, I like. If we're not going to go quarterbacks. Obviously, Garoppolo and Mahomes probably will win, but non quarterbacks, Kittle. I, I took it at, I saw it at 12 to 1 on uh, things like my bookie. So that's what the line I have at. But like we said, he's been, I think he's been their MVP this year. His run blocking is so important and he's made huge plays and he hasn't done anything receiving in the playoffs, but I think. He's waiting, um, and the way their pass game will probably go this game, I think he's going to have a monster game and see him making some huge plays down the stretch. And I feel like he plays with a little chip on the shoulder. I feel like a lot of people say Kelsey's the better tight end. I think Kittle's by far better. Um, so I think he could have a big game. And at 12-1, to 1, I think it's good value if he gets a couple touchdowns and gets going in a real long shot. And if this happens, you know everything went wrong for the 49ers. Um, Tyron Matthew, Tyron Matthew at seventy-five to one. He's had uh, a great year, very underrated. He's been a huge addition, and one of the main reasons that defense has gotten better. If he gets a pick in this game, if he gets a pick six, uh, Jimmy G's always good to throw a really bad pass, and he's on the receiving <laughs> end and makes a huge play. And the Chiefs blow them out, and the defense plays great. And Matthew is a pick or two. I think at seventy-five to one, if you're just looking for something crazy. Um, might as well sprinkle that, but if that plays out, um, I don't know what I'll do, but it'll be a great bet. Yeah, it'll be a really, really shitty next Sunday Scaries episode if that actually happens. Um, 
yeah, Tyler, we're here. Super Bowl week. Um, we will be uh, watching together. So hopefully, oh, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, our last Super Bowl experience was was certainly heartbreaking. So hopefully, this one will end better for us, and uh, this Blue Wire tour will just keep on rolling. Hopefully, uh, for us and uh, our fearless leader, Kay Jones. All right, so it is uh, Sunday night. Well, yeah, Sunday night, midnight in Israel. Uh, Tyler and I, full disclosure, we recorded the Sunday Scaries, the Super Bowl preview yesterday on Saturday, uh, just given the time difference and when it would work. Um, But it didn't, as Lakers fans, it didn't feel right to release uh, the Super Bowl preview in uh, without anything about Kobe um so here we are Tyler this sucks yeah not a fun reason to jump back on the pod um just absolutely horrible news about Kobe his daughter uh Gianna another parent and player and the pilot just everyone who's affected it's just such a gut-wrenching thing and when the TMZ article came out everyone was just hoping that it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it it really feels like a moment that you're like, one, you, you'll always kind of remember where you were for it, like with just one of those moments uh, in time. I was at a Maccabi Tel Aviv game versus their rival team, Israeli basketball. Mari Stoudemire making his big debut, very exciting start. And then my new coworker is like, TMZ just reported that Kobe died in a helicopter crash. And I think what you said, Tyler, I was like, uh, I, I really just hope that's TMZ with like really messed up clickbait. Um, but it wasn't. Uh, and it, it was such an insane experience because uh, <laughs> I'm on my first week starting a new job. I met this kid a couple days ago. Nice guy. Uh, good report. But I'm just sitting there like, in utter shock um it's like i don't know kobe was our guy it sucks and i think uh the the crazy part really is that i'm at this game uh, uh like i don't know 10 hours from new york so what is that say 13 hours from los angeles <clears throat> and the entire stadium's like kind of murmuring everyone's on their phone and then they have like the whole stadium breaks out in a Kobe Bryant chant and they have uh, something up. Um, they have like a moment of silence, almost like a round of applause for him and just kind of an insane moment. Like feels like one of few people on earth that that would happen um, at a, at a game in Israel in terms of just athletes and people in general. Um, so really, uh, I don't know. Almost felt like kind of like a very surreal moment just sitting there in my seat. Just I, I, I think Kobe's. I think I think I speak for the both of us when I say he's our, our he's our guy. He's our favorite athlete. Definitely, just kind of feels like a moment that you feel like you're dreaming and just kind of hope you wake up from the nightmare. But doesn't happen in this case. And like you said, just his impact globally. Um, 
you know, in Israel, I remember when I was there for birthright in college, just driving on the bus and stopped at a random stoplight in Israel and looked out and there was a poster of Kobe in Israel. I have the picture on my phone still just like that impact is insane in China too, just all over the world. Um, and it's a horrible way. It's unexpected in a helicopter accident. And he's famously known for taking helicopters all over the city. He did it when he's playing with the Lakers to avoid the LA traffic. He's going to a basketball game with his daughter. Um, and it's just, it's sad. And there's a clip of him on Jimmy Kimmel talking about his daughter, Gianna, how, you know, she wants to, you know, go to the WNBA, carry on his, you know, legacy in the name. And it's just, it's heartbreaking um, and terrible. And yeah, he's our favorite athlete growing up, still is. Um, and it's just, it's very sad. <laughs> there's not a lot else to say. No, no, there's, there's not too much uh, else to say, really. I think the, just his whole mentality with the whole mama mentality is, cliche as it was um in a sense in terms of it just his ability to take everything and and do it to the limits and i think it's part of the reason why the the twitter world is reacting the way it is and the way over here his reach globally um i i think people like you want to believe that you kind of like I don't know, you can do whatever you say your mind to. And he kind of proved that, right? He took it to the limit as a basketball player, won five rings, tears his Achilles, hits hits the free throw after, like, scores 60 points last game. Like, all that stuff is just absurd. Uh, and then he, what he uh, his first year, basically out of the league, or maybe second, I don't remember exactly, but he writes the short story. He wins an Oscar. He's like that, like, he just was, like, a larger-than-life person. Um, so it feels like since it, the way he went was so tragic and sudden, it's like, Kobe's supposed to be bigger than that. Um, but... I guess it it is a good reminder that uh, every kind of moment is precious. So on full slate, we don't normally get serious really ever. We try and give out winners. It doesn't happen often, but we try. Um, but we, uh, yeah, I don't know. We don't want to put out the Super Bowl pod. So the Super Bowl pod is going to have some serious ebbs and flows here. But uh, yeah, and, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, Tyler, if <laughs> you have anything else. Yeah, I mean, just touching on his work ethic, just like us growing up, obviously we joke, we played high school sports, we were on the team, didn't really play, but like I think a lot of that was because of Kobe and just his work ethic and you know the injuries he always had and just kept fighting through it, any challenges, like, I think had a big impact on us and Laker fans, all, you know, any sporting fan, everyone was kind of touched by it, and I just like remember you know, growing up playing basketball on the driveway, that's who you kind of wanted to be, Kobe, and hit the game-winning shot, do all the kind of same mannerisms he did. Um, I remember playing baseball, and you came out of our parents' car because you were listening to Lakers' playoff game on the radio and being like, he just hit a game-winner versus Suns. Like, those moments um, you kind of always remember. And the last game, obviously, scoring 60, so just such a sad day. And um, 
you know, the Spurs and the Raptors did the tribute running out the clock 24 seconds each. Uh, Chris Mannix, who works for Sports Illustrated, does a couple other things, tweeted out. I thought it was a pretty good idea for the All-Star game. One team wore eight, the other wears 24. So I feel like we're going to get a lot of uh, kind of tributes over the next few weeks and months, really. I was looking at the Lakers' schedule. Their next game is home versus Clippers, which is a huge game, um, but not does, it pales in comparison to this. So it's just going to be... A lot of Kobe um, and a lot of people just kind of saying their piece, and it's it's horrible. Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that wraps it up. So we will be back uh, after the Super Bowl. But yeah, I guess everyone just kind of keep uh, Kobe's family in your uh, thoughts and prayers. Going through obviously a terrible terrible time right now. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.